Hello and happy Sunday to my least favorite people on the internet. You're back with your favorite host, or maybe most hated that you just tend to want to keep up with, Des, also known as Desby, and this is Brunch with Desby, the podcast. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Happy fucking Sunday. You knew I had to drop an F-bomb here soon. I hope you're having an amazing day. We have an array of shit to talk about today in this episode, and I'm really excited because it's one of those days where I finally got to sit down to record. Uh, My son is behind me. He's sleeping. Okay, I just looked back, and he's moving a little bit. So we're going to just hope that he stays sleeping. Um, But I was like, you know what? I finally have time to chat and sit down. So let's discuss a few different things occurring right now in pop culture, a few things occurring right now in my life, and a few things occurring in your guys' life. So it's going to be a really fun episode. Um, Literally just you and I hanging the fuck out, chatting, talking it up. Like that is so fun to me. Um, I think the more that I just get to sit down with you guys, it's like therapeutic for me to like talk to you and to know that you're here to listen to me. You know what I mean? Like we're truly just here having a fun time every week. Um, if you guys haven't already listened to my other podcast with my best friend, Emily below the influencer, that's another like completely separate podcast where we talk about different topics. And also it's obviously a two person podcast. There's a little bit more fun, a little bit more conversation and if you guys haven't listened to it, you really should. It, I I have so much fun recording for that podcast and I get to hang out with Emily each week. So two different occasions for you to listen to me. How fun. If you haven't already, please, please make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That helps me. You guys might remember a few episodes now I had my first ad and I haven't had one since. So another week, another zero dollars in this bank account from this podcast, (laughs) but it's okay because I have fun. So by you guys sharing this, it supports me. By you guys using my codes, it supports me, which obviously all coincides into keeping this podcast up and running. A few things housekeeping. Number one, the new hydro jug pomegranate jug is available and was for sale, at least starting on the 13th. So you guys might not necessarily have opportunity to get it right now. I'm not sure what that, um, like, stock looks like. And obviously I'm recording this a few days earlier. So you can, uh, you know, have fun, have a good Valentine's day in order to, you know, drink water. If you're a thirsty bitch, don't text your ex, just get a hydro drug. Okay. Code Desby for that as always saves you money. I have my Patreon, my monthly membership. We have a workout every Saturday or whatever day of the week works for the majority of my members. This is just fun for us. We get to also hang out Um, and honestly, just enjoy each other's company each week. We have some girls nights. I upload extra workouts. I upload extra content. It's just kind of helping me get away from Instagram because to be honest, that app is just like a complete shit show right now slash turning into an even worse shit show. So, um, if you're having issues with it, you are not alone because it is just, it is not fun. It is not fun. Okay. So do not blame you if you're not having fun with the app. I can only imagine as just like a user what that feels like. Nonetheless, someone like me who uses it for more of like an actual business tool, you know, kind of sucks. So anyways, um, that is that. And, you know, before I forget to mention it, happy fucking Valentine's Day. 
I don't care if you're single. I don't care if you're taken. I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you have a baby. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're Latino, if you're Asian, Caucasian, Korean, Hawaiian, Tongan. I don't care if you believe in God, if you don't believe in God, if you are Buddhist or whatever you might be. I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. I know that this is like sometimes a hard, hard place for us to be. And it can relate to a lot of negative mental health. It can relate to a lot of like maybe memories being brought up, good and bad, you know, whatever. So I will get into that in the episode, but I just want to let you know, it doesn't matter if you're single or not. Valentine's Day, you still have someone out there that loves you. Don't just relate it to a romantic relationship. So other than that, guys, the rest of the bullshit is in the show notes. You guys know where to find it. Scroll down a little bit on that little, you know, podcast synopsis that's in front of you and you'll find links and treats and all the good shit. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. What a day. It's actually kind of funny, guys. I'm set up right now. I got my hydro drug in front of me, two water bottles that I'm going to fill my hydro drug with. And because my son is technically behind me when I'm looking at the computer, I actually have my phone set up leaning against my hydro drug to have the reverse camera on to look back and actually look at him in the camera. (laughs) So it's actually really funny. Um, I'm going to take a drink of water. That's my drink of choice today. It's actually Monday the 8th, so The Bachelor's on tonight. I'm excited to talk some shit about that. All right, so Valentine's Day. A hated but sometimes appreciated holiday. Slash not even a real holiday, let's be honest, all right? Valentine's Day for me this year, honestly, is going to look probably a lot like ordering sushi for the 900th time. Hanging out with Wyatt and Maddox, and honestly, just like another fucking night. You know, it's... It's nothing crazy. Probably going to get Wyatt a card because like, why not? Um, But if you guys are doing the same thing, like don't feel like you have to go above and beyond. I just feel like it's such a fake holiday. Like it's fun to have a good night out or like have a nice dinner, but to expect like multiple gifts or stuff like that, it's like just save that for a rainy day. You know what I mean? So to start out this episode, I did want to chat first about why my ex sucks dick. So you guys might remember a few episodes uh, before this one, my sister and I sat down and we talked about our ex boyfriends and kind of like toxic relationships and gave you guys a heads up in 2021 to not fucking deal with that shit. So that episode, I actually asked for you guys to write in why, like if you had a terrible experience, why does your ex suck dick? Not literally. (laughs) So I got quite a few of you that emailed me why your ex sucks dick. So I kind of like picked out a few of them and I wanted to share um, and kind of go from there. So let's start out here. So my shitty ex, who we dated for about two years from my junior to senior year of high school and we were just not compatible whatsoever. He was very clingy and touchy and emotional, and I'm just totally the opposite and need a lot of space. I can relate. He's also going through a lot of mental health stuff at the time, so looking back on it now, he basically treated me as if I was his therapist. He would come to me crying, saying how he felt like no one liked him and stuff like that. I tried to support him, but got to the point 
where I just felt that no matter what I did, nothing could help. He eventually did get a real therapist, but I started not to be really in the relationship anymore and tried to break up with him. At one point, he started crying and begged for me not not to do so, so I stayed. It got to the point where his presence was just kind of annoying to me, so instead of trying to break up with him again, I was just kind of rude to him and tried to distance myself. Now to the T. So I was sick as fuck in bed with the flu, and then Valentine's Day came, and he, he texted me asking if he could come and see me, and I was like, yeah, sure, thinking he was going to drop off some flowers and chicken noodle soup or some shit. <laughs> so he shows up, and I open the door to this bitch, empty-handed, and I'm like, the fuck? He then proceeds to break up with me on my own doorstep on Valentine's Day while I have the literal flu. I don't know if it sounds dumb, but that shit gave me major trust issues because I never thought that he would be the one to break up with me since he was the one always asking me to stay. Plus, the breakup happened so suddenly that I was like, um, what? Probably because it was Valentine's Day and I had the flu. So when I started dating a guy my freshman year of college, I was terrified and it felt like everything, anything was wrong or if he was mad at me because I was so convinced that he was just going to be like, okay, bye bitch and dump my ass. But I eventually worked on myself, gotten help from my anxiety issues and we're still together three years later. And on Valentine's day, his Italian ass makes me homemade pizza and brings me flowers. Chef's kiss. Sincerely, fuck Valentine's day. I just wanted soup. What a fitting story. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I think it is kind of interesting how we don't want to be with someone sometimes, but then when we get to the point of them breaking up with me, you're like, hold the fuck up. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I was supposed to do that, not you. You know what I mean? So it's kind of funny how you always want what you can't have, right? Okay, so, oh my gosh, some of these are so long. Okay, so this is a roller coaster, but get ready. <laughs> okay, my ex was two years older than me and we started dating my freshman year. Fast forward and he went to college 12 hours away. Blah, blah, blah. He cheats on me and we break up. I started seeing other guys. He comes to me crying desperately saying we need to get back together. I'm dumb and I agree and we start dating again. He comes home to visit me during the holiday break and he was supposed to stay the weekend at my house. The last morning I wake up covered in piss. Okay. He peed on me and in the bed in his sleep. What? Okay. I wake him up very gently and let him know that he wet the bed. He immediately freaks out and screams at me saying, I wet the bed. I saying I wet the bed all over him. Okay. Got it. So he freaks out at her saying it's her. Okay. I get super pissed. No pun intended because what the fuck, right? I clean my sheets and bedding and head to work. He says he's going to hang back and nap. During my shift, my grandma calls me and says that he was leaving and he let her know that my kitten pooped all over my bed and he wasn't sure what to do. My grandma then explains there is no possible way that my three pound kitten could have pooped, all, pooped this much all over my bed because it was that bad. She then proceeds to tell me she knows it could have been, couldn't have been my cat because the litter box was freshly used. So yes, my ex shit all over my bed. Why? Who knows? He denied it for weeks until I finally broke up with him. Fast forward about a year, I meet my now husband and my ex starts blowing up my phone, asking how I could do this and move on. Months later, my mom finds a package on my front porch that isn't addressed to anyone. My mom opens a package and finds a pair of poop-stained boxers, along with items and memories from our relationships. Anyways, I clearly dodged a bullet. I'm now married with a baby on the way. I love your podcast and you. Please keep anonymous LMAO. 
what in the actual fuck is wrong with certain people? Like, I don't fucking get it. I've never been in that experience where like I've been with someone who wet the bed or something like that. But, you know, I can see where it can happen, dude. There's been points where like I've literally almost pissed my pants because in my dream, I'm like peeing and then I wake up and I'm like damn near about to pee. Like I totally get it. But like move on. I'm just confused how you asking him if he pissed the bed turned into him then randomly leaving while simultaneously shitting on your bed. Make it make sense. If you could keep me anonymous, that'd be great. (laughs) Starting out strong. I dated my ex on and off for eight years and things are finally starting to click that he was not great. (laughs) Ha ha. Enjoy. P.S. During this period, he also dated and was with plenty of women while also stringing me along, acting like we were dating. Fun. Some of my favorite stories. Oh shit, honey. We got bullet points. My ex brought me to a military ball where his ex-girlfriend also was. She invited him out to the bars after and he brought me two hours away from home to the bars. We ended up sleeping at her house and I wore her clothes to the bar. Next, he brought his new girlfriend to my house to come grab his clothing and yelled at my driveway about how much better she was than I was. (laughs) Next bullet. When we got an apartment, he made me pay for the entire thing while he bought hotel rooms to sleep with other girls. This keeps getting better. Next one, he invited me over for Christmas and holidays and wouldn't show up because he found another girl for the night. So I hung out with his family. Good fuck. Next up, showed up to my house. Oh, I'm sorry. Showed up to my friend's apartment with a new puppy and tickets to Disney after his deployment during my finals week when we weren't together begging begging for me back. My question is, did you go and did you keep the puppy? Next, surprising me for my graduation from college and trying to fight the current boy I was talking to when I got so drunk to try and cover up the pain, he left me choking on a bagel. (laughs) That doesn't even seem real. He didn't come back to our apartment one night and I didn't hear from him in a while. Turned out he wrecked in his brand new car, drunk driving, and I had to come pick him up from the girl's house that he was staying at. I finally moved away and got a new boyfriend, He drove three hours to give me a birthday present. I guess he was scared that I was outside and I saw him. He put his helmet on and drove away, came back later to put them on my porch. Creepy. First time I found out he cheated, it was because a friend of mine sent a photo of him holding hands with another girl. When I sent it to him, his response was, damn it, Jay, because he knew who sent the photo. That's all. Next one brought me on a double date with his ex-girlfriend. And last one told me he was going to propose, build that night, then sold the ring. Then I started trying to pull away. He brought, bought me another ring and gave it to me, begging me for begging me to stay. I still have the ring, never even opened the box. Honestly, I was just always the backup plan and I held on for way too long. Sincerely, healing from the toxic heartbreak. I am so sorry that that happened to you. Um, and it's amazing because as a woman hearing that story, I'm like, girl, why would you do that? But also being on the opposite end of the spectrum and knowing how easy it is to continue to stay in that type of relationship because it's comfortable, because it's the same person, because you hope they change, because this and that. I totally get it. And I don't think that we should say we should shame people for being in those relationships. But what a story to have, what a story to share with other women and to learn from. Next up, where do I start? (laughs) 
I was 14 and he was 18 when we started dating. So of course my mom hated him. Understandable. He would take me shopping often, but I had to look at the ground while walking through the mall because I thought I, cause he thought I was checking out other dudes. We would be holding hands and he would literally squeeze my hand when he thought I was checking out other guys. Mind you, I did not cheat on him ever. He would call me a bitch, a whore, and all the other bad names you can think of. One morning, I texted my best friend. It was a girl from school who lived on the same block as me and asked her if she wanted to skip first hour and get McDonald's breakfast. She says yes. My ex-boyfriend texted me almost instantly and asked why I was skipping school. I hadn't even left the house yet. I was so confused and still have no clue how he knew. Weeks went by and I found an app on my phone that was sending his phone all the texts I would receive. Psycho. We would break up all the time and he would tell me no one would love me as much as he did so we'd always get back together. This went on for two and a half years. I could go on but those are a few that came to mind. Glad I've learned what kind of relationships to avoid while I was still so young. Now I'm 25 and I'm in a great relationship with a man who truly loves me. PSA, ladies, if you are in any sort of toxic relationship, cut them off. You will be glad you did, I promise. Thank you so much for sharing. Again, one of those things where we're young, where we think we're in love. And if you guys listen to my my toxic relationship episode, you can learn a little bit about me too. We've all been there. We've all been there, but I'm I'm so happy that a lot of us have grown through it. First of all, I freaking love you and your big D energy. <laughs> Thank you. Second of all, I have an ex that sucks. He showed damn near every sign of being and becoming a physically abusive partner. And for someone who has studied these signs in college, I am madly disappointed in myself for falling into it. But also it just goes to show how easy it is. He told me two weeks into dating that he loved me, but he didn't want me to officially be his girlfriend because it takes a while to know if the relation, if you want the relationship to move forward, LMFAO. One time, he asked me a question while I was eating dinner. I just had stabbed into the next bite of salad with a fork right before he asked. And I guess he took it as me ignoring his question, so he blocked my hands from moving and told me to answer the question. He constantly tried to intimidate my dad, which is hilarious since my dad is much bigger and stronger than he was. He got mad when I wouldn't sleep with him. He got mad that I would ask him to go home at night when he was falling asleep on my parents' couch. He got mad that I didn't make his own mom's Mother Day, Mother's Day presentation the way he wanted it done. He got mad that I called him out for flirting with other girls. All of this while he was still telling me that he loved me. He ended up ghosting me after a few months, and I'm so, so thankful he did. If they ever intimidate you in literally any way, if you are scared to tell family, friend, mem- family or friends certain things that your significant other has done or said, if they show absolutely any signs of being an abuser, run fast and run far. Thank you again for sharing, man, for, um, for a Valentine's day episode, this might be a little bit dark. And I understand that for many of you, but for some of you, maybe this Valentine's day, you're still in a shitty toxic relationship and that's okay. It's okay that you are, but maybe you're trying to find a way out. And maybe these are the stories that you need to hear. Um, or maybe you're in a great relationship and you've been through this shit before. And this stuff just reminds you that, Hey, anything can happen. Next up, literally just finished my self-care Saturday routine and had to tell my toxic ex story after catching up on your podcast. This absolute douche canoe of a human told me I was faking cancer for attention. 
sexually assaulted me while I was going through treatments because he, quote, needed it and caused an infection I had to get treated for. Then had the fucking audacity to go to said event and cheat on me with a fucking guy. Oh, but wait, there is more. He also fucked around with my ex-girlfriend and my best friend at the time. Needless to say, I threw everyone the fuck out and started over. He was physically abusive, mentally abusive, and all around a piece of shit, obviously. And I also ended up addicted to and also ended up to fake weed. Fucking loser. While I finally had the courage to leave his ass, he beat me up and then locked me out of the house in the middle of winter with all of my shit inside and left. Still bald and recovering from cancer treatments. I called the cops and that fuck went to jail. Fast forward literally three months and I now, I meet my now husband. The dick sucking ex then messaged my brother to make sure he had the final word. Quote, I literally have no respect for your sister anymore. Respect? Who dat? Never heard of her. Now I'm married, have an adorable little toddler, and I'm thriving. Signed, the other dumbest bitch in Southwest Michigan. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that kills me. Especially because I know this person who submitted this story. I know who this other person is, who she is speaking of. And honestly, at that point, baby, air all that laundry because you did absolutely nothing wrong. Here's another one. Mm. God, my throat was dry from all these losers. Needing to vent and hear your, hear your encouraging words. I got you, girl. Mama here of soon to be three-year-old in July. But she is the best child ever, and I love being a mom. But coming from a broken home and being raised by a single mom makes this 10 times harder because I always swore I would never do that to my kiddo. Long story short, me and my boyfriend were together three months, got pregnant, moved into his parents' basement to save money. He travels for work with his stepdad, the only reason he has a job. His family never liked me. I am mixed, black and white, and they are very, very hillbilly racist piece of shits. That ain't it. Fast forward at 12 weeks pregnant, he left to travel for work, so I was home with his mom and his sister. Shit hit the fan out of nowhere. Quote, he doesn't love you or your ba- and your baby is a mistake. Hope something happens. You're worthless. End quote. I end up buying a plane ticket. Oh, end up buying me a plane ticket home, his family, and tell him to put me on it and go back home to my parents. Okay, so she asked to buy a plane ticket home so she could go back to her parents, and he does. I go back home still hoping things would turn around. I worked full time and highly pregnant. Months went by and nothing from him. Told him I was going into labor and he tells me, quote, don't put me on the birth certificate, quote. After a paternity test, almost three years of child support, wages garnished, so not willing. Still nothing from him communicating or caring wise. Like, come on, you have a beautiful baby girl. Well, a few weeks ago, I got a notice that he wants to reduce child support. He's in a happy relationship and wants to cancel out my daughter, and it isn't fair. To this day, I'm a single mom who works full-time and does everything by herself, and his child support stopping would make things worse. I just need some words of encouragement, and letting it out feels good because I know you genuinely care about your followers. Keep doing you, and I love you. Well, Miss Thang, first off, proud of you for continuing to show up for your daughter and still be a mom. I can only imagine the 
the stress that you feel sometimes with your daughter. Um, I'm sure you question things, you know, why, why did I do this? Why did this happen? But every time you look at her, I want you to remember that that's why that happened. She has made you an even stronger motherfucker that you could have, you could have done yourself. I can only imagine how hard it is to fall into that same pattern that you might've had in your childhood and feeling terrible, feeling like you did something wrong. But really, what if this is the fact that you did everything right? You have a beautiful daughter and you have a piece of shit father who doesn't want to be involved and your daughter is still so young and so impressionable. This could be your opportunity to continue to find someone who will love and appreciate both of you and still have an amazing upbringing. Um, I totally understand having to do things a different way and it not being what you envision, but I will say that there are so many people out there that would still love and accept your daughter as their own. And you have every opportunity to still find love and find love for yourself and your daughter. Now, in terms of finances, um, easier said than done, because obviously taking away child support from a single mother, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. Um, hopefully you have a good lawyer or like whatever that looks like in court to battle that, you know, Hey, no, I do need this. Um, however, if not, and you know, worse comes to worse, just again, is it's always easy to say, but like for some reason it always fucking works out. It always works out. It pushes you into a dimension of pushing yourself further. Maybe that's applying for new jobs. Maybe that's applying yourself more to the job you're at now and getting a promotion, whatever it might look like somehow it always works out. It always works out. And I totally understand. So I want you to feel encouraged right now, knowing that you're in your specific journey and you're on your specific path for a specific reason to you and only you. Do not compare your story to someone else. Do not compare your story to what your mom did to you um, or how you grew up. You can still make this 120% different for your daughter. And I know that you will because that's what you do when you love someone so, so much. And I know that you love your daughter. So continue to be proud in who you are. Continue to be proud in the kind of mother that you are and know that you are doing everything possible that you can and I will be thinking of you. Next up, I'm sure my story isn't as extravagant as some, but still a story we're sharing with some of my favorite ladies. Haha, <laughs> we're her favorite. In 2016, I got married to my ex. It didn't last long. We broke up and then we got back together and tried to make it work all within the same year. Woohoo. At least I was under the impression that we were going to make it work. I went out of my way to make it work. Let me tell you, I was at his beck and call 24 seven, but he also didn't want his friends to know yet. Hmm. So the nights he wanted me over, he would have me climb through his motherfucking window. Like we were in high school or some shit just so his friends and roommates wouldn't see. At first, I didn't think anything of it. How naive of me until I saw on his phone one time, I wasn't even snooping a barrage of messages from a POF plenty of fish. Unbeknownst to me, his motherfucker, this motherfucker was on multiple dating apps, Bumble and Tinder as well. Yet when I confronted him about it, he said he wasn't seeing any of the girls. He was just talking to them casually, even attempted to show me some of the messages. Several months go by and he ghosts me. I was distraught, but a bitch has got to keep her chin up. Anywho, he ends up hitting me up again and telling me how much he loves me and misses me. So we get back together again. This is March, April, 2017. But as you can guess, the lovey-doveyness didn't last long and he was back on his sketchy bullshit being weird and distant. 
So there was this girl I saw on Facebook and his IG that would like or comment on all of his posts and he would do the same to hers. So I was like, who is this bitch? She also only lived a couple years away. Turns out this was his girlfriend and he had been fucking both of us behind our backs for a fucking year. Now, neither of us knew about it, nor did we, nor did we find out until they broke up. The only reason we found out is because I reached out and befriended her. We talked about our mutual ex and discovered that on the weekends that she wasn't at his place, I was at his place. And during the weekdays, weeknights, since she lived so far away, he would have me over. What baffled me the most was that he lived with, he lived with saying nothing to either of us. So who the fuck knows what or what else that piece of shit was doing? Sorry, that was long. I'm the worst at summarizing. (laughs) And there's even more details that I could share, but this is already a novel. Okay, bye. Man, you guys are literally insane. I cannot get over, I cannot get over that shit, um, literally at all. Um, so there was this one story. Let me see if I still have it on my phone. I want to end with this one because it was fucking nutty. Um, oh, I really, really hope I saved it to my phone because I think I wanted to share it. Okay, here we go. Oh my gosh, this is, guys, this is insane. I hope that you're ready. Okay, I think it's in the right order. I'm going to take a drink real quick because this is a long one, but also like very, very special to share. So this story was shared because in a, I think it was a secrets episode. We talked about sugar daddies. So this girl went out of her way to share me this story. And I was like, man, I need to throw this into an episode, but I don't know which one. So I think it kind of goes in here with just like exes, weird shit being cautious. And this might be a weird take on Valentine's day, but like, I don't really give a fuck. And I hope that you guys are (laughs) enjoying it too. Okay. So first off, shout out to this woman who shared this story. I think it's very, very valuable and something that can be very embarrassing to share, but also very eye opening for others. And so I just want to say thank you to her. If you are listening today, um, I hope I do this justice. Fucking lace your panties up, bitches. Okay, so I met E when I was 20 years old. He was 50. He came into my job and bought something. I thought he was super handsome and charming, though, obviously, quite older than me. I never felt this way about some money, somebody so old, and I was confused and intrigued. Fast forward a few weeks, and I ended up getting a job where he was working. He was the assistant manager. He was super sweet on me, and I low-key loved it, but I didn't think he felt any ways special about me. The first few months I worked there, I had a boyfriend until we broke up. It was May. Getting warm outside and all the staff then decided to go to a casino and hang out and have some drinks. So we went too. When the night was over, I walked back with him to his car. He had tinted windows. I knew this was my chance. I knew what I was doing. LOL. So we sat there talking and had a steamy as fuck makeout session. I was wearing a dress and he moved his hand under it and played with me. It was fucking hot. I knew I wanted more. The next day at work, I was like, oh my God, this is either going to be great or awkward. Our relationship developed more from there. Fast forward another few weeks and I had to go out of state for work training. It was only like a half, an hour and a half south from where he worked. I texted him because I was in a hotel room alone, paid for by our company and jokingly told him to come bring me some wine after he got off. Well, he did. And we ended up fucking LOL. His dick was literally the biggest one I'd ever seen. So big, it was scary. So after that, we continued to fuck. We fucked at work. Um, Sometimes 
after everyone left and we would get a hotel room and fuck as well. We started quote dating like we were in a relationship, but nobody knew not family, friends, coworkers, obviously, or anybody. But I saw some early red flags. He kept trying to break it off with me, but the next day would act like he never said any of it. And at this point, I was confused because he would never let me come to his house. Come to find out he had kids who were older than me and they were also living there, LOL. So eventually he came, oh, he, eventually he let me come over and he actually didn't even live there. He just paid for the house for his kids to live there. He was staying with his brother. But fast forward, we decided we wanted to live together. So I paid $1,000 for the basement of that house to get real floors put in and $3,500 for bedroom furniture and a mattress to make the area livable. He said once he got his taxes, he'd help me pay it off. So I ended up moving in with him, told my friends and family I was moving in with my cousin as a cover-up. And once I moved in with him, that's when shit started to go downhill. I started paying for electric bills, utilities, his car payment, things for his kids who were older than me. Always promised he would pay me back and never did. And not to mention the house had mice, which freaked me the fuck out. And I never felt good cooking in the kitchen because of that. But I was, quote, in love. Not really. More so blinded by that good dick and how he would be so sweet to me. But then he started turning into a very bad narcissist and would verbally abuse me and say things like if I ever left him, he would kill me or kill himself. If I even looked in the direction of another man, he would freak the fuck out on me. He went through my phone one time and saw DMs from guys who were my friends, and I'm surprised he didn't hit me. So I stuck it out for a few months and ended up moving out. We stayed together. I just couldn't handle the situation of living. So obviously, we continued to fuck. We never used condoms because he said he was, quote, fixed and couldn't have kids, so we didn't need to. But I wasn't on the pill. Boy, I was ignorant because I got pregnant. My period was a week late and I thought it was from stress from his narcissistic abuse, but I took a test and I was fucking pregnant. I think my first emotions were shock and anger. Like how could this be happening to me now at 22 years old? And he said that he couldn't have kids. What the fuck? So he told me he would pay for the abortion because I was pissed that this happened. I low key think he lied to me and wanted to get me pregnant on purpose to trap me. I was always pro-life, LOL. And this just goes to show until you are in a situation like this yourself, you don't know what you'll do. I knew I couldn't have his baby. He was already abusive and ruining my life. I wasn't even, it wasn't even an option for me. So we ended up paying $500. And like two weeks later, I had the pregnancy terminated. A month or so later, I terminated our relationship too. Got a new job, felt, felt with, dealt with his harassment after the fact for months. Trauma from the relationship. I spent probably close to 10K at the time. We were together on things for his house, his family. I wonder how much money I would have saved up if I never met him. I'm healing from that traumatic experience, but my advice to girls out there, if you think you have a daddy kink or fetish for older men, just don't fucking do it. Also, don't date your managers. He also gave me herpes. And that's our wrap-up, folks, of the segment, My Ex sucks dick wasn't that one a fucking doozy wasn't that one a fucking doozy what the fuck right so anyways thank you again so much for all of you guys that shared your stories um sometimes 
it can maybe be traumatic to almost like bring it up, you know, kind of chat about it, talk about it. I could only imagine um, that could maybe for some people be triggering. And so I just want to say thank you for feeling comfortable sharing that. I honestly have a lot of fun sharing stories. Um, I think that it's fun because you guys can come on here and listen and not feel so alone in many different topics. So really, really love that. And thank you guys for that. Now, on a separate end of the spectrum, I wanted to chat a little bit about framing Brittany and like mental health. Um, so again, kind of like recapping Valentine's Day with like potential mental health sadness, as well as like sharing my new journey in mental health, um, therapy, etc. I will warn you though, Maddox did end up waking up. So he is right here looking right into his mama's eyes. Hopefully he'll be a good little partner, but sometimes he gets really movie nowadays and like doesn't want to be held. And so what a, what a fun time. So if you guys have not watched the new documentary on Hulu called Framing Britney, this came out, man, maybe like five days ago. Um, it premiered and it was really like a whole documentary on Britney Spears from like beginning to end. Very well done. It was about an hour and a half long and it was kind of more so aimed around like her conservatorship, conservatorship, that she's been under the past 12 years. So ever since like her whole head shaving incident, her father and slash her family put her under a conservatorship where her father came in back into her life out of fucking nowhere. Mind you, he was not involved in her life at all growing up, comes out of nowhere to now manage her finances and literally everything that she fucking does. So again, very eye-opening to hear about and truly fucking at this point, free Britney. Like it's insane um, what she has gone through, what people have put her through, even like social media, tabloids, everything in between. Um, You know, a few months ago, I think actually about a year ago now, I kind of fell back into the whole Britney thing with free Britney Spears because I saw her on her social media and like just the way she was dancing nowadays and like trying to sing and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like last time I knew she was doing a residency in Las Vegas and was like kind of thriving again. Like she was making a fuck ton of fucking money. And also mentally, she seemed to be in a really good place. Um, Well, after watching this documentary, um, it goes to show that in, I think it was like 2017, 2018, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, sorry, I'm kind of like just quoting this out of my butthole. She was supposed to do a domination residency in Las Vegas, and she ended up saying no because as long as her dad was still in control of her conservativeship, she said, I am not, I'm not fucking performing. I'm not doing anything. So for the past about two, two, three years, I feel like she's just been like in her house doing literally nothing. She's trying to get out of this conservativeship as well. Um, and it seems to me that a lot of people, um, are very confused at like what, why she is still in this conservatorship. So the point of a conservatorship is to help someone um, who might not be able to mentally make any decisions anymore. So a lot of times, like for people like Alzheimer's, um, stuff like that, they can't make those decisions for themselves anymore in terms of what to do with their money and estate and stuff like this. However, Brittany, there is absolutely no reason for her to be under one because if she can perform, if she can make Instagram posts, if she can fucking tweet, if she can do all of these things, especially go on world tours, 
obviously mentally she is fine to assess her own situation. Um, and so that's kind of where it's crazy right now and why people are saying free Britney is because there's no reason why her dad should have full legal responsibility over her individual finances, her personal life, um, anything, anything at all. There's no reason. Um, so after reading um, the Free Britney movement in general and like now seeing this come out, it's just amazing to see what we put her through. Like we, as in like tabloids, social media and more, I feel like she was one of the first really big pop stars to come out and be in the spotlight. You know, everyone wanted to know what Britney was doing. Her and Justin Timberlake were like modern day Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber, um, back in the day. And it was just like a constant camera in her face. It was a com constant video camera figuring out where she was and, and everything. Um, and so they showed in the documentary how very early on she, she had fun with it. She liked being in the spotlight. She liked being loved. And then it wasn't until early 2000s that social media kind of started taking off where then the interviews she was doing were fucked up, dude. There was like this interview that was on the, um, on the documentary that literally one of the guys, it was a male interviewer asks about her breasts. Like, can we talk about your breasts? Some fucked up shit like that. Um, another one, a girl ended up telling her, um, that like she was too sexual. Um, it was just, it was crazy. Like so, so many people just damaged her. And so when you think of like that quote where it's like, damn, who hurt you? You know, it's like, I thought about that. Like for Britney Spears it was like, damn, like who hurt you? Like, where is your family? What's going on? Um, and it's, we hurt her. You know what I mean? Like we hurt her as, as like, a the first social media, like queen, she took the reins there. And, you know, honestly, low key fuck Justin Timberlake. Um, because he kind of fucked her over too. Um, anyway, so it's, it's crazy. Just a downward spiral of attack after attack for her. And so, um, you know, Diane Sawyer, Matt Lauer, um, she was on MTV. Also, she had a little like documentary on there um, back in the early 2000s, I think. And so the way that they talk about her, the way they talked to her, the way that they asked her about the conservatorship, um, the way that people made fun of her, um, even like, you know how they do like the intros to the American Music Awards and they have a, a host and they do jokes and blah, blah, blah. Like some of the stuff that they said about Britney as jokes back in the early 2000s, but knowing that she was at the time only like 17 years old, completely, completely inappropriate like just amazing people would have been fucking canceled if they were to ever talk about a woman like the way they used to um the misogyny was real so anyways that was just such an amazing eye-opening documentary into like mental health and what that can ha what can happen because of that and what it can do um do to to anyone even with the most money you know so I truly do believe that um, she is still at a point in her life where she can come back and she can have an amazing life. But until she gets freed from this conservatorship, she, she will continue to live in isolation 
And it is just so sad because I think that that would almost confine you mentally even worse. You know what I mean? Just being constantly locked up and having to have a fucking permission slip uh, signed to do anything. So messed up. Um, Forbes reported that Britney in 2019 was worth almost $60 million. $60 million. So her dad, who back when she was like young, I mean like under 10 or something, he said, quote, something like, I want her to be famous and rich so she can buy me a boat. He said that about her. He ends up leaving her life, completely out of her life, shows back up when she's making millions. And now he has, he has control over that money. Tell me how fucked up that is. So her mom, I guess, has been trying to get, um, get to be a part of her life again. But like, I don't know, the courts like aren't letting her, like they must have good lawyers. I don't really understand. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't know it that deep, you know, going that deep. Regardless, it's just a really fucking crazy situation. And if you guys have not watched Framing Britney, Britney Spears, the documentary, you can watch it on Hulu. Um, like rewatch it on Hulu, which I suggest any of you guys buying Hulu anyway. Like it's a great streaming service. Honestly, like get rid of Netflix. Who the fuck cares about Netflix besides Wentworth? So maybe actually keep Netflix, but Hulu, YouTube TV, and um, Discovery Plus right now are like my favorite and HBO Max only because of Handmaid's Tale. So anyways, um, highly recommend, but it just kind of made me think about like my mental health and like where I've been the past few weeks and months. And really since the year of 2020 for a lot of us has been kind of putting us through the ringer. Um, so this past two weeks ago now, um, I signed up for better help, which is an online e-therapy. Let's call it that e-therapy. So it's online therapy. You get matched with a counselor. You have the opportunity to like message them. You have two video calls a week, um, or like up to two video calls for like 30 minutes and versus spending the total amount that you usually do at like a in-person therapist. This is like way cheaper and it's a great alternative to also be remote and be at home. So I do think that it is a really good Thing for me to do right now. I would love to get in person um, in the future when that is more safe for me to do. I would love to go in person. Um, but to be honest, like I'm not going in person right now and wearing a mask for an hour and talking through it, like not doing it would not be a fun experience, would probably give me more anxiety than I would even want to have. So um, better help though has been a really good thing. And I do have a link that I'll put in the show notes where if you sign up, not only do you get a free week but I get a free week. So it's kind of like a referral program, like big deal. Everyone has them, but it's kind of cool because it can give you a free week where you can get matched with a counselor and even have a free call before you can decide if you need to continue to renew it. Um, there are different things you can also qualify for. Like you can qualify for financial assistance to receive it at a much cheaper rate. Um, I'm not sure about like HSA or insurance. I do not know what that looks like. You would have to go on like an FAQ of BetterHelp and figure that part out if that's something you want. But I'm personally just paying it like out of pocket, like on a subscription-based level. Um, but I've had a call with my counselor. I, I message with her pretty much every day, at least one time, let her know like how I feel. Um, and this is your time to have someone that you are allowed to unload on. Like that's their job. So to message them at the end of the day and just be like, hey, here's how my day went. 
here's how I'm feeling and just even talk through it. They can help. Um, she's sent me like a few worksheets that I've been able to do and she's given me feedback on them. And like, um, it's just a really cool place. So ever since having Maddox, I just feel like my world was changed so fast. And although your world changes, no matter what, when you become a mom, it's a little bit harder when you become a mom of a preemie and you're like, what, when did this happen? Like, when did I become a mom? Um, it's a little bit hard to snap into that mindset and just be like, oh my God, um, I now have to take care of a kid. Um, and now I'm, I wasn't even ready. I already had a traumatic birth experience. He came earlier than he was supposed to. He starts having, um, not like bad health health issues, um, but he has issues, right? And it's like every night I went home scared that he was going to not live, you know? And I remember the first time, one of the first time Wyatt and I went out, this is, he was like at this point, three years old, I think. And we went out for our anniversary and, um, we were, I was out, we were about to go to dinner and I wanted to call and check on him. So like we had like a number we could call and just be like, hi, like I'm Maddox's mom. Just wanted to call and see how he's doing. So I would call and at this point, no one was answering. Like it was weird. I was trying to call the hospital and it just kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. Um, or should I say, I tried to call the NICU specifically. So they transferred me to the NICU. No one was answering for like a few minutes. Then my call disconnects. So I start freaking out, imagining that Maddox is having like a fucking code blue. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It just like my heart starts racing. I start panicking. I start freaking out. Finally, after like five minutes, we finally got through the NICU and they're like, oh, he's doing great. You know, whatever. But I just had a lot of stress. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry and constant anxiety. And it was terrible. So as that happened and now we, you know, got him home and now we're like in our routine. It's still the fact that like I was thrown into all of these situations beforehand and it's almost like a little bit of PTSD still occurs. Um, so through that, I've had a little bit of like mom rage. I've been overstimulated. I'm overtouched um, or called touched out. I'm doing, you know, I'm breastfeeding and like, I love everything I'm doing. I love that he is, you know, in the room with us, like crib side and in his crib. I love that I'm breastfeeding because it makes me feel close with him and, and I'm not ready to quit those things yet. But mentally, I need to handle them better. You know what I mean? I need to have a different mental approach to them or whatever that looks like. So through that experience and being isolated at home, not being able to see our family, not being able to just call my mom and ask her for help or helping me give a break, um, you know, Wyatt and I, we're just in it alone right now. Um, and so I've needed that mental help to just listen to me and to tell me that I'm doing a good job, you know? And, um, so just, just all this changing in my life, it just makes me feel sometimes like, wow, like no one's going to like me anymore. No one cares anymore. I'm not the coolest Fitzbo anymore. I'm, I'm busy. I'm a mom. I, I can't be on my phone all the time. I can't share everything all the time. I, I'm you know, slacking. I'm not cool anymore. I, I could be better. I'm annoying. You know, whatever the fuck my life pretends to 
uphold, you know, I, I spiral. Um, and so anyways, that's just where I've been and where I've wanted to go is obviously been re- rehabilitating myself mentally. And that's come to the, to the point of getting counseling and a therapist. And so far it's been a really good experience. Um, obviously I'm still like very much new to using it. So I'm anxious to see how it continues to unfold, but even just knowing that I have someone on the back end to help and listen to me has already been enough for me. You know what I mean? It's already given me a little bit of relief. So a lot of other things going on right now in my life that are just like terrifying. And I think it's all playing into part, but if you're not challenging yourself sometimes and you're not in those situations where you feel uncomfortable, you can't always grow. And so I really made a definitive decision this year to trust and to grow and to persevere. Um, so that's just, that's what I'm doing. So anyways, um, you know, it's never, never a negative thing to get a therapist. Even if you think you're in the best mental spot ever, it's still great to have someone to help you. Um, it's okay not to be okay. And you can find strength in finding help. So just a little message to you guys on this Valentine's Day. Um, Again, in the show notes, you can find all these links I'm talking about, the referral links, everything in between. Um, I'll even put my Smile Direct link in there because a lot of people have been asking me about my retainers and I personally had a great experience. Um, So anyways, you can get $100 off there and all these, these these aren't ads that would honestly be cool if they were, but these are just things you get for like purchasing it anyway. So anyways, um, hopefully we'll have some really fun episodes coming up with you guys with some people that I really love and want to get their stories out of there, um, or get their stories out here, not out of there. (laughs) Um, but I hope that you guys enjoy, enjoyed this episode. Uh, kind of fun, little bit of, of my ex sucks dicks, dick mixed with Britney Spears mixed with me fun. Um, so go watch that documentary again. I'll put everything in the description box, rate, review, subscribe, drink your coffee, enjoy this episode, have some chocolates, boomerang you listening so I can repost it, tag me. And you guys are my favorite. You guys are my favorite Valentine's ever. Happy Valentine's day. And I'll see you next week.